2: Hey everyone, this is Lori Fetrick and I have a special announcement right now and that is this, so really pay attention if you can. And that is if you go in and you rate and review my podcast, what I'm gonna do is I am randomly going to choose one person per month, yes, one person per month, I'm gonna grab and I'm gonna have you come on to my podcast and we're gonna do a rapid fire. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It'll get some audience participation out there and I want to give back. So, this is me giving back to my audience, so please go rate review my podcast and I will pick at random one person per month to come on my podcast and do a rapid fire. So, thank you so much and go right now and rate and review.
0: We are chilling with ice.
2: Hey, hey, welcome back to chilling with ice. This is Lori Fetrick, and I am extremely excited about today's guest. Uh, I actually met him over at the Adam Carolla Christmas party, and we just hit it off like you would not believe. There's a funny ass story behind that, which we're going to get into. <laughs> and he is an actor, comedian, stand up. He opens for so many big acts, and I know that he is going to have his own special. Did you wait a minute? Have you actually had your own special yet, Rudy?
0: nah oh, we're
2: working to it we're, nobody's betting on me yet bullshit. Yeah, we're coming yep. up to that so we've got <laughs> in this we have i was going to say in the studio but he's not in the studio he's on my zoom because he's back in somewhere where it is colder than shit and it is snowing and thank god i am not back there and that, was it was it uh, not not Wisconsin? What'd you say? Where where are you at now, Rudy?
0: I, well, now I live in Minneapolis. I'm Minneapolis. originally from. Yeah, originally from northern Minnesota, like an hour and ten minutes north of Duluth. <sighs> All so. I know
2: is there's a shit ton of snow back there. But welcome, 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 Rudy Povich. and I am extremely excited to have him. So thank you so much. This man is funny, stand up comedian, and let's go to where I met you, and that's the Adam Carolla. Party. oh my god <laughs> I, oh
0: this is uh every time i think about this i just want to curl up into a ball and then just shove myself into a mail slot but it and was never so be take, I know. perfect and
2: funny and it was just okay Ugh. i'm gonna let you go ahead and okay. and i'm gonna interject on how that went down but i'm gonna t- let's let's start how that went down
0: Okay, well, well. first off, it starts with us having... Well, like, we got to the Adam Carolla Studios at, like, 4 p.m., so mm-hmm. it starts with us already having drinks early. So my <laughs> mind is not in the right place
2: already, and it's... That's it's, it, blame it on the drinks right away, Rudy. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like celebrity overload for me, because... I'm just now like starting to break through. It's probably been like two years where I'm like, and especially living in Minnesota, it's so hard in the industry yeah. to, you know, to meet people and to network and to be out there. So I'm there and you know, Ice from American Gladiators and Tia Carrera and Jeff Leach and Adam Carolla and Kid from Kid and Play and Jack K? Are you <laughs> kidding me, Jackay? I'm, I'm, I'm literally eating from the same Dorito bowl as Jack Hay. I'm like, this is <laughs> insanity. So my brain's going a million miles an hour and I see you with a group of people and obviously I've been a big fan for a long time and I love the episode that you did with Adam. It was very insightful and it was at the right time because I had just watched Muscles and Mayhem. And so, you know, you're on my mind and then I see the episode, I go to the party, you're there and I, I walk up and I introduce myself and I'm like, hey, big fan, love the documentary. We start chatting it up. And there is a woman who is standing next to you And I had known that you were definitely into the ladies. So there's a woman who is standing next to you who is strikingly beautiful, who obviously I am like, wow. But the way that you're body language is t- towards her i'm like oh that must be her girlfriend obviously <laughs> it must be so so I, I then ask i go oh so how long have you guys you know kind of known each other wink wink knowing each other how long have you guys been dating is you know the yeah code. that's exactly how i heard it and, too <laughs> yeah and 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 uh the girl that we're chatting with
2: says oh we met at was it a comic-con you guys met at in chicago yeah i know i yeah. met her at the comic-con in new york New York. That's yes. what it was. Yes. Yes. So
0: yeah. So you guys. So she goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. We met at a um. Uh. You know the comic con. I was like, oh, right, right on. So how long has this been going on? And Lori's brain kicks in right away and is like, oh wait, Dum Dum thinks that I'm with this person, which she is not. She goes, which, oh
2: yeah, which was Crystal Hefner, by the way. Crystal <laughs> Hefner. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I
0: was going to get to that. Yes. But then um. But then uh, you go. Oh, by the way. So this is Crystal Hefner um and this is my girlfriend and then you pull your girlfriend over and i'm like Shit, oh. i'm such a moron i was like but as i said to you after we got done talking that is a testament to how you know uh vivacious and 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 young and good looking you are oh, is that you can still you, get somebody you. like a crystal hefner thank you so thank you, thank you. To, to add Insult to injury. I go, <laughs> I go, uh, Crystal, Crystal, Crystal Hefner, Hefner. And then Lorian said something to the effect of, yep, that Hefner. And I go, hey, big fan of your dad's work. You're like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's like, I, oh my God. Yeah. I looked it up when I got home. <laughs> not his daughter. Not daddy. His, not not one, daddy. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a daddy if you think about it. <laughs>
2: exactly but, on another oh level, daddy. Shit.
0: I was like, it was funny because I was telling all my friends, I'm like, I was hanging out with Hugh Hefner's daughter, man. And then I looked her up on Sunday night when I got back to town and I told my girlfriend, I'm like, oh, my God, you're never going to believe this. It's not her daughter. It's like, it's, holy shit. It was, it was his wife. And then I just when I read that on the Internet that they were married, you, my stomach sank. And I'm like, well, first off, I felt like an asshole. Well, first off, okay, I, well,
2: here's the thing. She didn't hear that. Okay, No, she didn't. Cool, you're right. She didn't hear because that. Because yeah, it was it was yeah. crowded. It was busy. It was, you know, people were talking loud. So, I mean, and she had a conversation going on I'm, with us and at the same time with my girlfriend and her friend, Jeremy. Yeah. And so, when you actually said that, it was funny because I picked up on that and I was like, oh, shit, he thinks that we're together. And I was like, um, no, this is, you know, kind of thing. And I I, I did. I kind of buffered it really fast and it's not that anything that is bad but at the same time I didn't want her to think just because she was standing next to me that automatically she got labeled as my girlfriend yeah
0: yeah (laughs) so I mean, talk about social awareness that you were so fast to pick up on the fact that I, and of course, I'm just like, yeah, it's totally fine, whatever. But, you know, of course, you wake up the next day with that anxiety of like, oh, God, I must have looked like a jerk.
2: No, 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 not at Ah, all. Not at all. But I thought that was so funny, to be quite honest with you. And then you and I just picked up from there and just the rest of the evening, we just started talking and it was so much fun.
0: Yeah, I remember you and I running out the door because you wanted to go meet Tia Carrera. Yes. And when we were walking by, we were laughing, and Corolla went, oh, boy. He gave that look like, oh, these two now. Oh, great. Now we got to put up. First off, they're a goddamn handful on their own, and now
2: we got to put up with them together? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now you're touring right now, or you're mm-hmm. around with Adam Corolla.
0: Yeah. Opening so opening Yeah, I, uh, I've been fortunate enough. I've been working for Adam now behind the scenes for like, probably two, three years. And then he, I met I met up with him in, luckily, because we're all dumb Americans, we don't know our, our country at all, where geography is, somebody from his team had hit him up because I live in Minneapolis and he was in Oklahoma City doing shows. Somebody said, hey, hey, why don't you drive on over and do like a five minute guest set? Yeah, just drive on over to Oklahoma How City. How many hours like, is that? Sit- yeah, it's like 14 and a half, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm a big believer in bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, you got you to gotta roll the dice, man. So I booked a flight. I went down there. I got there. They were like, hey, are you the host? I said, nope. And they went, oh, well, um, we don't have a host. Do you want a host? And I went, absolutely.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. And,
0: and I ended up hosting five shows for for Adam. And then after that weekend, uh, he had hit me up and just said, hey, man, just look at my schedule. Pick any dates that you want. You're more than welcome to come along. And I pull my weight when I'm on the road with him, too. Like, I'm, I know that you know I, i'm fortunate enough to to have guys like that that you know people who are higher up the ladder that help bring you up the ladder of as course. well but you know when i'm on the road with him i i record all the sets of two cameras i record all the audio i cut all the clips i sell all the merch i'm the liaison between like his team and the club like you know i'm also just, i'm not like one of these guys who's just like you know just sucking off the teat of the adam Carolla name and just getting Dude, free you're drinks Yeah. Yeah, like you, you know, and there's a there's definitely people in the Minneapolis scene here that will say like ah, you know, you he only takes you out because yeah, you know, yeah, do all this shit for him. You still have to be good to yeah. get on stage. Hell you yeah, know, you like, do. Yeah, you know, Michael Yo, who I just man, I just
2: love. Do you know Michael Yo? I know the name. Yeah. Okay,
0: Michael Yo is just such, he's like salt of the earth guy, and Michael Yo got a lot of heat right away because he came from entertainment reporting and radio, and he was getting to go on the road with Joe Coy. And people would say, like, oh, man, you're only making it because Joe Coy totally. Joe Coy does not just bring anybody on the road. Joe Coy wants somebody who's a killer. And he looked at Michael as, hey, man, yeah, you are a little rough around the edges, but we can clean that up. And now Michael Yo is, you know, selling out six shows a weekend in every awesome. city he goes to and he's killing it. That's so awesome. you still have to be good. It just Yeah you yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. So you've
2: been, I mean, I read something about you and you said there was something about when you were five years old, you took you told your first joke and you were like, that's it. I oh mean, yeah, man. When I mean, tell me about that. Tell me about your going You're growing up as a uh, as a kid and getting into comedy. I mean, what was it that struck you that went, Oh my god, this is my life path?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I I was a little pudgy growing up, and still am. I I (laughs) yo-yo in and out of it. So not whatever. (laughs) I I, I yo-yo in and out of it, you know. Um, But uh, yeah, I was a little pudgy when I was growing up, and. I just man, I just really clamored on to comedy like that was the thing. And, you know, and I tried to do sports and and I was I was a good football player up until like about ninth grade because I was bigger than everybody. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped growing around five foot six and everybody just kept shooting up. So by the time I got to 11th grade, I was just out there to get my ass kicked all the time. Yeah. And I thought, well, obviously, sports is not going to be my thing. And I started like getting into playing guitar and doing theater or wanting to do theater. But I was a little, I'm from Northern Minnesota in a small town. So doing anything that is not, you know, hunting, fishing. So not
2: like a lot of theater is what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah. You know, and like, and I was at that age where I was so afraid of what other people thought of me that I was like, oh, I I can't do do theater. Yeah. I can't go, I can't go out and play a, play a show. I can't go play covers at a, at a coffee shop. But what if people make fun of me? You know, now you look back on that and go, "What a dumb way to
2: live!" And it's but who yeah, we are no, I, when we're young, though. It's who we are when you're young, man. That's the last thing I, you want is people to make fun of you. You're trying to find your way.
0: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's funny now because I have a I have a 15 year old daughter, and she was she was a gymnast for a long time, and we were at, for whatever reason we were. I just remember having this thought. We were at her gymnastics practice, and as we were leaving, she had changed into her leotard and then was walking out with her clothes, and then on the outside of her clothes she her underwear was just sitting there and i'm like hey you're gonna, you going to you want to you want to wrap wrap that up and she looked at me and this is when she's 11 maybe and she goes why and i thought if i was 11 years old and my friend saw my underwear social suicide you'll <laughs> right. never battle back like you will always be, you'll always be marked as the, the underwear, underwear man <laughs> But like the, the kids nowadays don't have that anymore. Like the, their, their judgment towards others that they've been brought up in this society of like, you can't judge. You're not allowed to judge. And I'm sure it's still in there, but it's definitely, I see such a huge difference hanging out with my daughter and her friends and seeing, how they interact with one another compared. I mean, I had two felonies by the
2: time I was my daughter's age. Oh my God. You know, I was like, arrested a couple of times by the time I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for stealing yeah. and 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 warrants for driving too fast. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just it's wildly different. But you know, to get into comedy, um, there's you know, there's no open mics, there's no clubs in northern Minnesota. Like you're never gonna do stand-up, but I used to watch A&D's Evening at the Improv all religiously. I watched A- that show every single weekend. And on it, you know, you and it's funny because now I've been going back and rewatching all the episodes on Amazon Prime and they have all of the uh, you know, they have every episode and you're back and you're finding old
2: Dave Chappelle. I was just going to ask you who was your favorite back then.
0: Yeah. You know, and I didn't know any of these guys. I just knew that they were comedians and they were on stage and they were funny. And Who was your I would favorite, base, Rudy? I, see, I don't have any, I really? can't remember any can't names even. from back then. No, uh. but now that I'm going back and I'm rewatching it, I'm like, oh my God, there's Dave Chappelle. There's Doug Stanhope. There's, you know, I'm just rattling off people where I go, now I know who they are. But when I was 11, I was just like, that's a funny dude. God. But, I, you know, I loved more like movies. I loved Ghostbusters. I was a huge Ghostbusters kid. So I loved Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Um, I didn't get into George Carlin until I was like 14 uh, when I saw George. his first HBO.
2: George yeah. was awesome. I remember, I remember George. I mean, my parents used to listen to George.
1: Same, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did your parents
2: yeah. Listen? Yeah. You just listen?
1: Absolutely. Every single HBO special. In fact, I saw him in Fort Worth, Texas a few months before he died. That was uh, the best comedy yeah. show. Best like $300 that my dad and I had ever spent, you know, and it was amazing. I remember yeah. he was He's so, still relevant today too. Well, yeah, it's he is. It's crazy. And yeah. he's,
2: it, I remember he was so, well, considered crude back then that my parents wouldn't let us listen to him. They'd be like, "Oh no 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 no! You can't listen to him, you know." Especially when he went through his what was the I can't even remember it. It was a shit piss fuck cunt like oh, that oh, whole. Shit, I mean, seven Blink One Eighty
1: Two actually did something on it. Shit piss fuck cunt cocks like a motherfucker, tits for twat.
0: Very yeah. good. That is you're, good. You're welcome. Yeah. But yeah. also, also props to another Blink One Eighty Two fan. I yeah. thought we were like on our own island there for a while.
2: <laughs> you guys are. Stop. Tough to find 43
0: year olds. Tough to find 43 year olds who are super into Blink 182, but hey, man. But yeah, okay, so
2: when you're going back and watching all the improvs and you're seeing all these different comedians and everything, I mean, is that where you kind of started picking things up?
0: Yeah, so I would write the jokes down because there was no internet. I would write jokes down on a piece of paper and then go back to school on Monday and drop it like it was my own. (laughs) then people were like, this kid's a a comedic genius. And then fifth grade, um, I did the talent show and I lifted a guy's set. I had written the guy's set down and I don't remember most of the set, but I do remember a couple of the jokes because it was like 1992. Must have been fifth grade. It was definitely fifth grade. And one of the jokes was, you know, we were in the middle of Desert Storm. So here I am. 11 years old on stage at a Catholic school doing desert storm jokes. Like what (laughs) on what planet? So I, um, I remember one of the jokes was something like, you know, why do they send 18 year old kids to go fight wars? You know, who really should be fighting wars are the people who work at Disneyland. They're already used to being in those hot suits with 50 pounds of gear on their back. Could you imagine 5,000 goofies running out of a sand dune? I remember that joke killed and now I've been going back and re-watching all the old episodes so I can find whose set that was because I don't have a name. And I'm, I've am i been religiously like twice a week sitting down and watching old episodes one by one to see if I can find who that was and hit them up and go, hey, man, uh, if you're still doing comedy, I'm, we got to meet because you whoever you are, you put my life in a, uh, a different direction. Because, you know, my family, we owned a roofing and siding business. So I, I grew up, you know, Putting in windows and you know hauling shingles, soffit, fascia, all that stuff, and I just knew that that was never going to be my.
2: You desk. didn't want you didn't want to be a construction worker.
0: <laughs> nah, my, in fact, my grandfather, when I was right at right before he passed away, I was seventeen and I was on a roof with him one day, and he said, you know, you just you got to leave the family business. And I go, I go, why? And he goes, you there's other things. He's like, you're you're a creative kid. Yeah, you're funny. He's like, you you draw, you play guitar. Like this is never going to be your life. He goes, what I really think you should do is, I think you should be a comedian. And I said, hmm. wow. I said, I said do, you, do you think I'm funny? And he said, well, I think you're a shitty roofer. <laughs> but that's as far as it goes. And that's an honest to God, true story. And then he that's had passed funny. away like like six months later. And I went, all right, I'm in. I, I, I think this is it. But then even when I, I had left my hometown and moved out, uh, I got into radio. And then radio kind of became my thing because there was still no outlets for stand-up when i was you know 18 19 and then when i was 27 got into stand up did it for
2: about a year and a half and i sucked so what I made was... you keep going though that's that i mean that tells that tells a lot about you you know, that yeah. you just went, okay, I sucked balls and mm-hmm. I am going to keep going no matter what, because this is something that I love and this is my passion and this is what I wanted to do. I mean, it sounds like you were ready to like, I mean, you were just, you were in the dirt and in the trenches going, screw this. I'm just going to work through this
0: yeah well not to shit on your point but i quit
2: (laughs) (laughs) there we go there's the right answer no um and
0: i i think and the reason why i quit is because uh i I had been at it for about two years and i was bad i was really bad and my daughter had been born and she was about nine months at the time and then she started to develop this condition called tracheal laryngeal malaysia and we were in and out of children's hospital constantly and I thought, well, okay, I'm gonna take six months off and just and just take care of my family and be a family man and be there for my kid. And then six months turned into 10 years. Oh. And I kind of always like fell back on, well, you know, if my daughter hadn't gotten sick, I I could have been a I could have been a stand-up. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think one day it just like it dawned on me. I'm like, oh no, you were using that as an excuse because you sucked. You're using that as an excuse as to why you quit. Mm-hmm. And when my daughter had turned, so she's 15 now. So my daughter was like eleven. She was she was doing gymnastics a lot. She was a competitive gymnast and traveling. And she was, and her mom and I were split. So her she was gone one week at her mom's, one week at my house. And I was just I had no girlfriend and I was just kind of sitting around and I hated my job. I was working at a radio station in Minneapolis and just hated it. And I thought, I'm gonna go do an open mic tonight. And just see what's up and just try and just see what happens. And I went from doing open mics to mm, a year and 10 months later. And I was opening for Adam Carolla at a theater wow. with like 1500 people. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this was supposed to be a part of my life. It just, I was doing it at the wrong time.
2: It was timing. It was just yeah. absolute timing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now like, you know, um, I'm I'm starting to, you know, I'm I'm headlining more. I'm featuring more for bigger bigger acts. I'm going out all the time. I'm I'm getting in with clubs and I'm just I'm realizing that a lot of things are all timing. You know, oh the one who got away. Well, she didn't get away. It just wasn't it was the just, right
2: time. Wasn't the right time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so what a story. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, I was like, and you never quit and you're in the trenches. You're like, yeah, I quit. (laughs) No, I totally quit.
0: Yeah, I totally was like, (laughs) I am not this. Oh, I'm so there's two times that I have bombed terribly. Jeff, do you do stand up as well?
1: I don't, but I think my dad uh, tried to inspire me to be a comic whenever he mm-hmm. took me to see George Harlan, but I turned to filmmaking and podcasting and more behind-the-scenes media kind of yeah. stuff. But I yeah, love yeah. stand-up comedy. I love going to shows, love hanging out with comedians and all that good stuff. So mad respect, but I'm not an on stage kind of guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, Rudy, you guys are, I mean, seriously, mad respect, because that's exactly what we were talking about before. You're, you are you got to be quick, man. So... Y- you're fast, you're, you know, the responses. And it's like, you got to deal with all these people in the audience that could be heckling you. That's where I would shut down. I think I would just be like, whoa, hold on. What'd you say to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Yeah.
0: yeah it, well, you know, once you've had those moments early on where somebody does say something and you don't know how to come back from it and it tanks and it, it's embarrassing, you do that thing where you're driving home where you're like, God damn it. You know what I should have said was. Said. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of just put that in a little pocket in your brain. And then the next time something like that happens, you pull out that thing that you should have said earlier and it works and yeah. you go, okay, that's my comeback from now on. And you get, you know, they change through over the years and they can be topical. And, you know, um, Adam Ray, comedian, Adam Ray is really the one who kind of put me on that. Cause I would always, he'd always go do what, when, when you, When you get cornered, you try too hard to dig yourself out. Mm. And he said, he said, you know, there's one of the best pieces of advice he gave me about that is he goes, hey, man, it's called crowd work. Make the crowd work. Yeah. So ask them, ask them questions and keep asking questions until they say something so ridiculous or they say something that is it's undeniably weird and let them bury themselves and then make a remark or react to that. Instead of you trying to be funny, the audience is going to go, no, that's why you, you're not, no, 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 that's yeah. weird. And yeah, so that was like, that was like a big, big one. Because I, I I had an okay set in Chicago in front of Adam Ray and like we sat down and he was like, why do you think that sucked? And then I was like, because I suck. You know, he's like, no, he's like, here's why. He's like, there's a formula to it, dum-dum. And I'm like, oh, now I get it, so...
2: Okay. So yeah. do you write your own stuff or do you collaborate with somebody on writing your own comedy? I mean, is it hard? I mean, I would think that that would be the hardest thing in the world.
1: Do you buy yeah. jokes?
2: Oh, that's you a good Because
1: that's a, that's a thing.
2: Yeah. It's, a it's absolutely
0: question. a thousand percent a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have anybody else write my stuff. I will at times, I will, there's a friend of mine who is one of the best writers that I've, I, he just won the roast battle world championships in Denver. And when I say now, you know, it's not like down the street at a local brewery roast championships. Like the roast battle worlds, like they were flying in people from London and like he and he won it. His name's Ryan Neeson and just a brilliant writer. I mean, the guy speaks in jokes. So every now and again I'll I'll come up with a premise and I'll be working on something and I'll go this just isn't working. And then I'll ask somebody else, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll, will e- text Ryan the joke and go, what's wrong here. And then within you know 90 seconds, he sends me back a piece of gold and goes, that's why this sucked. And I went, Oh, thank wow. you. But it takes, yeah. But for the most part, write all my own stuff. I, I have a pretty consistent schedule of writing for 30 minutes a day, whether you get anything out of it or not. I think it's just good to purge your brain mm-hmm. And and it, it doesn't even have to be comedy. It well, could just
2: be. Hey. That's what I was going to say. Is it almost like, jur- it's not like definite. it's not like journaling, is it? I mean, are you just writing shit down and all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. What happened during the day? If I find it fascinating, it, that's why I'm asking this question. I find it fascinating how, you know, comedy is actually, um, you know, how, it, how it comes about, you know, mm-hmm. what goes on in the brain of how you write these, these skits and how you write yeah. the, the actual jokes, you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, I, for, for, I,
0: yeah, for me, I have the, you know, it, anytime I, I work with a newer comic, I always tell them like, what's the greatest joke ever written? Why'd the chicken cross the road <laughs> to get? That's it. That's the best joke ever. Is it's it set up, <laughs> Yes, because it's set up. It's punchline, set yeah. up punchline, set up punchline. If you watch shows like and I know people kind of poo poo on it. I like Modern Family. But if you watch Modern, like Family, Modern Family. yeah. Every line of Modern Family is either a setup or a punchline, and that's it. They, I mean, that's how they write. And and Jerry Seinfeld was one that I really because I don't tell a lot of stories. I do like little things. I'll, I'll I'll talk about things in my life, but I don't tell long stories. I'm not a storyteller. Gotcha. I'll just kind of hit on something real quick. And for the most part, what I do is I'll write down the setup and I'll write down the main beats of what I want to hit, and then you start to structure it in. But for me, I'm I'm every time I'm going for the goal of set up punchline, set up punchline or set up punchline, tag, 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 set up punchline, tag, 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 Let the audience come down for a second, slowly come into your setup and then punchline tag, 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 tag. So it's like an ebb and flow. Sometimes when you watch comedians, not, you know, most of the people you see with a special are pretty well, you know, fine tuned. But if you go to like an open mic night, One of the things you notice with comedians is it's the same tone of voice; it never changes. The same inflection; it never goes up and down. There's no peaks and valleys. They're
2: definitely very monotone.
0: Yeah, and there's no there's no speeding up, and then there's no slowing down. There's no. I do a bit about my grandfather, and uh, part of it's true. Almost everything I write is embedded (laughs) in truth. Well, some of it's true. Yeah, I'm a big believer in don't. Let the truth stand in the way of a good story. Right, I believe that wholeheartedly. So, um, yeah, I uh, but I do a bit about my grandfather, and when I talk about it, you know, he was a big believer in don't live a life of fear. Like you really have to go out and do things. And when I tell this part of the story, I get super quiet, and my grandfather looked at me, and he's like, "You have to live a life of fear because that." Is, is how you live a full life. It's, it's all, it's everything that you, it's confidence, it's fear, it's that combined. That is how you live in a full, full life. And you can hear a pin drop in, in the room. And then when you get to the punchline, all that tension explodes. And you're like, that's why you bring everybody down. So you can bring them back up By again. Home. Yeah. So it just, it takes, but boy, I'll tell you the first few times you do that joke. It's like, my grandfather said, don't live a life of fear. And he was like, don't live fear. Don't be don't be scared. Because then, fuck, this isn't going anywhere. Oh, fuck. <laughs> in fact, my girlfriend gives me shit because I was in Chicago. I do a bit about our Minnesota state flag because it was a big I saw big
2: that. Back. I like that.
0: <laughs> the first time I did that joke on stage at the Comedy Vault in Batavia, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, I got halfway through it and went you know what? This joke sucks. I'm never <laughs> going to do this again. Right now, that joke has like 250,000 likes on Instagram. Exactly, yeah. And I, and I just, I canned it. And my girlfriend's like, you just need to keep doing that joke. I'm like, that? Are you kidding me? I, yeah. I'm, oh my God. I went back and rewatched the tape from that night and just fast forwarded through that. I'm like, don't, no, we're just never going to do it. And then I was with uh, comedian Matthew Broussard that weekend and he's like, hey, I saw that that bit. Here's a." And then he kind of gave me like a, a, a tip about it. And then I went back to the late show the, the next night and I was like, okay, now nah, it's starting to assemble. I'm starting to see it. And then one of the big things I love to do is is record a set and then watch it with my own eyes, but with no sound. Mm-hmm. And then just listen to it huh. and then transcribe it and then go, okay, these are the words that I actually said. This is what the joke should be. And then huh. just cross out all the, the garbage words. Cause you know, basically what happens is when you're watching a comedian, they go, they tell a joke and then they go, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. What they're just basically just trying to get to the next fucking thing. Their brain is like, what what am I going to say? It's going back and forth, you know. And I'm not the first guy who's brought this up. This is, but it's when you tell somebody that and they go, they start watching comics. They're like, oh yeah, no, my my friend Billy, he's a comic, and all he does is use filler words. I'm like, yeah, because his brain is looking for the next. (laughs) He's up there doing uh aerobics in his brain, trying to figure out what's the the next words to come out of his mouth.
2: I would think that that would be very hard, as a matter of fact, because of the fact that if you're on stage and you're getting a feeling and you're watching the audience and nothing's happening and you're telling the joke and all of a sudden in your brain, I could totally see your brain's like going, this is bombing, this is sucking, nobody's laughing, this is going to suck, oh, fuck, what do I do? (laughs) It's
0: it's so it's so 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 hard. It sucks, man. I hate it. it, it but it's it's all part of it. That's the. I was part just going to say
2: and, it's got to be so rewarding though. At the same yeah, time,
0: yeah, because what happens is you start to you've been. I hear a lot of times like Bill Burr, a guy like Bill Burr will say he's like, "I don't write. I just get up on stage and riff, and then I write down notes." Great, Bill Burr's been doing that long enough. I'm still at that that level where I can do that a little bit Mm -hmm. where I can just go up and just go, Oh, I had this thought about a thing and just try it. In fact, March 6th, we're doing a a show at the house of comedy at mall of America. That's called joke roulette. And it's basically the audience just throws out a word and comedians have to riff on it for 10 minutes. Oh, how fun. Yeah. It's a great, it's great. You know, the problem with Minneapolis is that there's not a lot of comics that are good at that. You know, like the, the pool is small when they do it at the comedy store in LA, And you get to see 10 guys get up on stage and crush every single time. You're like, well, yeah, because those are seasoned veterans, man. Like Minneapolis is, our our pool is a lot smaller. And, but it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. And I love just the exercise of it. Um, And that's why I also like, I got it back on Twitter to, you know, just write every day. And then after about four days on Twitter, I went, oh, you have to
2: stop being on Twitter. Oh God, I can't. Yeah. I would imagine. No, you can't.
0: It is brutal, yeah. man. Twitter is not what I remember t- Twitter uh-uh. was like fun and like
2: not I'm oh, having, a,
0: not having anymore. a cappuccino today. You're like, hey, do you want to watch two girls get in a fist fight at a McDonald's and hop on Twitter? And you're yeah. like, oh my God, what happened to this? Exactly. Yeah. Oh
2: no, Twitter's changed completely. It's really yeah. changed. I'm not even on it. I mean, I have a profile and I don't even I don't even participate on it. Yeah. So tell me the biggest obstacle for you when it came to comedy. I mean, I know that comedians have obstacles as far as like, they're going through the ranks because I don't know, I I relate it to the acting industry. Mm -hmm. You know, and we just, we have to grind it. It's just like meeting the right people, getting into the right, it's timing. And like you said, a lot of it is timing. I mean, is this the same way with comedians? It's kind of like timing who you know, how you get there. Um, who you're, you're associated with at the time. Um, I mean, is that all the same in the acting industry? I mean, as it is, you know, in the comedy world, it it can be, I think maybe it is at when
0: you're at a a higher level, you know, it's kind of like, there's this, this sweet spot. And I look at maybe guys that are at such a high level, you know, And not to bring them up all the time, but, you know, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel could not be more opposite, but they're best of friends. And they both at a point in their career where they can go, I don't give a shit if you guys don't think we should be friends. I love this guy and I'm going to hang out with him regardless of his politics Mm -hmm. where, you know, if you kind of go a little uh, lower down the rung, you kind of get, you know, like right now, like there's a lot of people that don't hang out with a certain comedian who got canceled and who is trying to get himself back up on stages and they don't want to be associated with him. I know a guy who canceled 10 shows with this comic and just went, I can't be associated with you. When you're at my level, I can just float around. I'm like, everybody out here is a nobody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The whole cancel thing. I'm like, is that still happening? Or is that kind of like finally kind of, I mean, because that cancel thing killed comedy. I yep. mean, I know that, I mean, some of the greatest comedians were like, I, I, I don't even know what to do
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me to to chime in for a sec, like, I love Louis C.K. I think I've seen him live a couple of times, and I still think he's a funny guy. What he did was not <laughs> at all cool in any specific way, but the only, this is just my opinion, but the only thing that I'll give him props for is that within 24 hours of all of that nonsense to come out, like he, to me, he and especially around whenever everything was blowing up, he was the first one within 24 hours saying, like, going like, yep, I did it, I'm gone. And then yeah. all of a sudden, he he really was gone, and now he's trying to make his little comeback, but I haven't seen any of his comedy since then or whatever, but at the same time, now I have to... I guess part of the reason is because I I now have to take an extra step to go to his website and, like, check it out and everything. And so it's like, all right, well, there's a lot of other comics for me to check out, so I'll just keep uh – keep moving on. However, mm-hmm. another like kind of cancel-esque kind of, and, and and Rudy, you'd be really helpful with this. So like Hasan Minhaj, um just had a joke controversy thing. I'm not too too sure on the specifics of it, but mm-hmm. I thought he would be a fantastic show for, a uh, fantastic host for The Daily Show. And he did his own little spot for it. And then this joke controversy came out because he told some other version of what the actual truth was and then everybody yeah. went nuts. But in my mind I'm like isn't that what comedy is? Like it's just kind of another version of the truth. You're telling stories but you may use these little 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 bits and pieces just to get to that punchline, to get to that setup. Like if it's even if it's all true or even if it's all like kind of a lie, it's all in good entertainment and to you know, get a laugh. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How how does I mean, how it's hard to work around that, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. For me, I have my own set of rules, which is when I'm on stage, I can say and do whatever I want. The second I get off the stage, if somebody asks me about whatever that joke was, I have to give them the true version of where that joke came from. God, so for, for instance, yeah. So for instance, for me, like uh, I do a joke, and I always say like every joke I write is embedded in truth. It might not be a hundred percent true, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a little, in fact, going back to my grandfather's bit, the bit that I do is he says, you know, uh, when he, he said when he died, he wanted his ashes to be spread because he was in World War II. He wants his ashes to be spread at Pearl Harbor and then don't live a life of fear. And so I decided to go skydiving and When I got to Hawaii, I jumped out that plane, and I wish somebody would have told me that skydiving is the worst way to spread someone's ashes. Oh, my God. It was a goddamn mess. Now... Now, does, did I really jump, did I really jump out of a plane with my grandfather's ashes? and putting no, that in my will not. now. Yeah. <laughs> no. But if somebody were to ask Can me, I'll say, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually part of it. Oh my God. Jesus. Now part, part of my grandfather literally and figuratively lives inside of me. Exactly.
2: You went up your nose. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um. You know, so was that a true story? No, but did my grandfather really say you need to make sure that everything that you're afraid of, you need to go out and do the things that scare you are things that you have to do? Absolutely. Was he in World War II? Sure. Did he fight in Pearl Harbor? No. He fought Normandy. Like there are other. <laughs> yeah. So you have to. That's so you're yeah, Talking any, about. <laughs> yeah. If if anybody sits me, if anybody asks me, I give them the, the truth. The problem with the Hassan Minaj thing was he told this story and then got off stage and someone went, "I don't think that's true," and he went, "That's hundred percent true," and then they said, "We got proof that it wasn't," oh, and then that's how it. he. That's what happened. So yeah. So got so my it. rule is say in fact like I have. I always say, like uh, in my my act, I talk about my three stepdads. I don't have three stepdads. I have two stepdads. Right and. But two is not as funny as three. And I need that third one to add a <laughs> comedic. Bring them the, in. Yeah. Also, remember, my mom's not dead yet. There could <laughs> right? be a third there one on the be. horizon. Yeah, you don't exactly. know. Yeah. So I always say, like, make sure everything is embedded in truth. But if somebody asks you about it, it is your responsibility to give them the 100 percent true version of it when the lights agree. are yeah absolutely yeah so you can
2: yeah. embellish on different things and totally and go a little extra mile and have some fun yeah. with it. Um I I I mean the whole cancel culture thing. I mean the whole cancel when it came to the comedians, I was sad. I yeah. was like, oh my yeah. God, there goes our stand up there goes all of our comedians. I am so bummed because it's like literally so many comedians, it's like so many comedians I watch, you know, it's like they're just making fun of anything and everything. You yeah. know, and it's like, nope, can't make fun of that. Nope, can't make fun of that. And it's like, holy shit, where's my set? What do I do? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you can even tell, like, I was with uh, Joe Mackey from Gutfeld this weekend uh, doing shows with him. And you can definitely tell that we are sort of leaning back towards Good. A, a much more conservative uh, country. And we are definitely getting back to, hey, man, that was a joke. It it's was a just joke. funny. What it was. Yeah. Yeah. Stop and, yeah, taking it so
2: personally. Yeah. Yeah. You a- take absolutely. That yeah. Oh.
1: don't go to comedy shows.
2: Yeah. yeah yes.
1: Straight up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if yeah. you're easily offended, don't watch stand up comedy. Don't go to comedy yeah. shows. Don't pay attention to comedians. Just like, don't do it.
0: Yeah. That uh, Saturday night after the early show, seven o'clock, uh, we get done. And a guy walked up to me and said, You need to remember Psalm 619. Oh, God. Thou okay. shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Uh. And what was funny was at the end of it, he goes, now, he doesn't care if you say fuck or shit, but he cares. And I was like, no, he off, did wait, not I, say that. He did oh, yeah. not say that.
2: Go, I go,
0: dude, I, 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 I kind of care that you say fuck or shit. Really? I'm a little weirded out right now. Yeah. Like, I'm caring about that. But also, like, how how self-righteous of you to impose your views on somebody else? Like, yeah. that is, first off, how do you even, we don't have the same God, my friend. Yeah. We don't. I'm sorry. We just don't. I like you. I bet you're a nice guy. You're wearing a Wisconsin Badgers jersey, so I probably (laughs) would have sat down and had a beer with you, and we could have chatted, but sorry, dude. But now you lost me. And, of course, my girlfriend, who is very much like so on the left side of, hey, man, don't you be pushing your politics on people. Don't you be, you know... When I went upstairs to the green room and said, oh, you should have heard with this guy. She's like, where is he? And I was like, calm down. Calm. We're going to stay calm. We're going to stay inside. We're going to stay like, calm. She's him out
2: to me. Is he yeah, the red she, shirt she was, dude right there? Yeah, she was ready to one kill The one holding him. the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. He's <laughs>
0: in, yeah, in the, the front guy with, row. He <laughs> was actually the guy with the flowing robes and the sandals, the grace. That was him over there.
1: Long white beard.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Ever wish for an extra hour in your day? I get it. The question is time for what? I'm always thinking at the end of every day, oh my God, where did the time go? Can you imagine a life where time was unlimited? What would you do? Discover the power of prioritizing what matters most with therapy. It's not just about finding more time, it's about finding what truly matters to you. Unlock the secrets to a more fulfilling life. Embrace your priorities, with therapy because your time is worth it. Make every moment count. Start your journey now. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com ice today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot ice.
0: Since I got you here, can we pivot for just a hot let's second? Pivot. Um, let's cool. pivot, let's um, pivot. Don't get me wrong, I could talk comedy all I day. I know, I know, cause um, this is
2: about you, but let's pivot, yeah. go for it.
0: Um, so, uh, forty three. Um, like I said, I was a, a fat kid growing up. The pictures don't lie. Um, trust me. Uh, if you ever seen a thirteen year old in a silk shirt with sweaty armpits and some big old man boobies, I was your kid,
2: Aww. definitely. Yeah, uh, but, but usually uh, you grow out of that.
0: I, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, when I was sixteen, I started eating right and started exercising, started hitting the weights, and I was, I was in amazing shape until about. Uh, maybe about nine months after my daughter was born, when she has got sick, it's kind of when things started to tailor off a mm-hmm. little bit just because mm-hmm. I was at home all the time and you're stress eating. And then, uh, my, uh, you know, same old story. My daughter's mom and I split up and then I dropped 40 pounds immediately and got my six pack back because I was like, well, now that I'm on Tinder, I better, you know, start. <laughs> <to> sh- <laughs> sh- yeah, you know. Um, but, now, app. <laughs> but now, but now at 43, I've noticed such a major difference in the way that my body handles food, the way it handles exercise. And there is so much information out there and it's so overwhelming. Oh, So yeah. can I, do you mind if I ask you some of the things that I'm doing and then you Please. can tell me if it. some of this stuff Let's is go. absolute garbage or Let's not. Go. Okay. So, um, I love a good fast. Okay.
2: Right now. How I am, long is a good fast for you though?
0: At like 14 to 16 hours. Okay um so typically i'll 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 eat around two in the afternoon mm-hmm. um have a meal not a big meal a meal but that's definitely where I would eat some carbs around two o'clock and then one no more carbs for the rest of the day okay I'll have a I have a snack typically around like four thirty try to eat dinner with my daughter around six thirty then I go to the club do a set you know go run around town try to get some sets in and then come back to the house about nine o'clock um then <laughs> You know, I'm I do okay with not drinking. I definitely, in the past, have overdrank every night for a long time. I'm getting better about putting it down. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't think I'm very functioning, but I definitely, <laughs> which is th- th- that's a, th- th- that's how you can dictate who I'm not an alcoholic. There we holiday. go. Okay, I'm all right. I'm not okay. an alcoholic. Yeah, right. do I have a beer fridge downstairs that I'm constantly restocking. Yeah, of course I am, <laughs> but I'm not an alcoholic. Um, no, but uh, I'm getting better about it. Do you drink it. every um, night? not every night no not every night no it's like only um,
2: monday through sunday any day that <laughs> yeah <ends with laughs> <Monday>.
0: yeah <laughs> i don't um i'm really good about mondays tuesdays wednesdays i'm really good about not drinking my okay. daughter's here with me all, every night of those th- those nights thursday depending on how the week's been and depending on if i'm doing a set that night if i go out and do a set i'll have a drink because the club i go to is just like dude they hand out you know they hand out free drinks like what Chick-filet, do you drink so when my- you drink um i usually drink a vodka soda okay um i love me a uh a, i love a paper plane which is explain uh, a, i
2: haven't heard of it. what the hell is a paper plane paper
0: plane oh my is god i was mar- a
2: bartender and i missed this one
0: this is a newer one it, it's only come up in the last couple of years <laughs> okay good
2: so yeah paper plane
0: is uh amaro aperol and with uh bourbon with some lemon juice oh I love it. It's delicious. Interesting. I, I guarantee the two liqueurs are it's nothing but sugar. Absolutely so, nothing. but Absolutely, sugar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but then, uh, but then, my my biggest downfall, I I, and especially when I'm on the road and I have nothing going on on a Saturday, I get up and I I hop on a bird scooter and I put my earbuds in and I go right and I sit at a brewery and I love craft beer and that is my that's the biggest one where I know I need to stop drinking.
2: Jeff is over in the corner doing this. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah.
1: no, because I I have a craft beer show, so you got to come on.
2: Oh yeah,
1: Yeah. see, I
0: love it. Yeah, and like, I have a bar in my basement, and I think the other problem is, you know, um, after my daughter graduates, there is talk of like me leaving Minnesota. And one of my biggest issues is everybody I know here, we all drink, we watch the Packers games, and then we get hammered, and we all hang out, and then my daughter now drives, so I have a DD. There you go. So it's like, yeah, so I'm like. Yeah, and that's like the biggest issue is I, 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 outside of you telling me to stop drinking as much as I am, which I already know I should, well, obviously. I
2: want to know what your goal is. What, do you, what uh, are you trying to accomplish? That's the biggest question here. What do you want to do? Yeah. First of all, how tall are you? Five, six. How much do you weigh? Uh, right now I'm at 187. Okay. How often do you work out? About four to five times a week. Uh, is it weight training? Is it cardio or a little bit of both?
0: Yeah, so I do I'll do weight training right away and uh-huh. then I do I'll do hit sprints uh Good. on the treadmill afterwards.
2: Okay, perfect. So what do you want to do? Do you want to drop body fat? Do you want to drop weight? What is yeah. your goal? Yeah, definitely
0: body fat. Um I'm not a fat guy, and you can definitely like, you know, I have I got pecs, I got shoulders, I got biceps, like I got the muscle.
2: Can I, I can come, you lift up your there. shirt and can I
0: see you? Jesus Christ, <laughs> no. Oh my God. You might as are you insane?
2: Oh, you—you you might as well just have me flash my bank account towards people. Why, Why not? You ask that Why not? Oh my god! Come on. Let's see it. Let's—I gotta see what I'm working with here. Yeah, I mean,
0: guys, we're gonna, we're gonna take this. a break. Just, and when we come back, we're it. gonna grab a ruler and measure his cock in front of everybody too.
1: Lori just Jesus wants something Christ. to remember for later. Yeah,
2: Yeah. <laughs> Listen. It's we'll talk it's, about we'll yeah. talk about your penis later. But let's it's, see let's see Jesus. what we're dealing with first of all yeah, before we even go five, there. It's <laughs> it's five miles of bad road down there. I'm not showing anybody that. No. Um, Jesus Christy, I, can you can you, wanna, you just give me a little skin right here? I want to see what I'm working yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. No. I definitely is got, that why you do it? Look, he's all shy. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he. No, has got a big, it, huge sweatshirt on now.
0: <laughs> yes. It's you know you know what's so funny is w- when you're first getting into comedy they're like you got to find your voice you got to find who you are and that's everything that's your cadence that your that's your material it's how you dress and I'm like well how I dress is black <laughs> sweatshirt. That is how I dress yeah, right. because I got some love handles that I am
2: not okay, so willing to dealing, show people. Okay, so what yeah. you're saying is we're dealing with love handles.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> trust me. Like, if you were to see me without a shirt on, you would Wait go, oh, that was a guy. Oh, my God. Who, I, who Rudy, I'm shame. sorry. I'm interrupting no, no, you no, because
2: de- of the fact that I that was funnier than shit watching you just squirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I and it's funny
0: because for how much, nothing else bothers me. I'm a total open book about it. But the second somebody goes, eh, let's see them jiggly boobies, I'm like, no, Aww. can't do it. No, and, and here's the thing like, I have definition. You can definitely, like, okay. in my shoulders, you can see there's muscle in my, I have, have, like, I boots? have that, that, remember Lex Luger, you WWE, man, when he would do the peck thing? Because I can do the, I can get, I can, oh, get, yeah, him you shaking, can get him shaking. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but I got that thing where that little zig line on the side of my chest when I flex it. You know, that little line there. So I got that. (laughs) you need to see it. (laughs) it's It's a good base. It's a good base. Listen, at the Corolla Christmas party next year when I'm half in the bag and I put my foot in my mouth in front of uh, Crystal Hefner, you're more than welcome. I'll goddamn streak down that
2: thing. There we go. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see, Rudy. That's it. All right. So Um, what you're saying is you want to get rid of some of your love handles and you want to feel confident when, when, when a woman goes, hey, take that sweatshirt off, baby.
0: Yeah. Yeah, can you please take that clutch sweatshirt off? I'm tired of you getting beard dandruff all over it.
2: (laughs) Okay, so, I I mean, here's the thing. Your fasting is fine. That's good. Have you ever, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I hate to say this, but everybody's jumping on the bandwagon on this right now. However, it is working because it is for a short amount of time, and that's the Mm -hmm. keto.
0: Yes, so I have noticed that... um, when I did it before, when I was in like my, my mid-30s and I would just go straight all meat and veggies, uh-huh. um, I would drop weight instantly. There you go. Fort, 43 takes a little bit longer now.
2: Okay, look, here's the deal. where It, it is, I mean, and the longer you wait, the longer it's even going to be after that. Yeah. So okay. it, it's like, unfortunately, it is. It's there is no magic pill. We all know that. There is no magic. How do we do this easily? There's uh, a little struggle. There's a little sacrifice. If there was no sacrifice, then let's put it this way. the the glory on the other side, when you have that six pack, you're not gonna you're gonna go, look at this, baby, because you know yeah. you worked your ass off for it. I mean, in order for us to get our bodies a certain way, we have to sacrifice. And that's what people do not want to do. They don't mm-hmm. want to give up those late night drinking, late night eating, having those potato chips whenever they want those cookies. They don't want to give that up. But yet at the same time, they want the six pack. Well, it doesn't happen. It's not, it doesn't go hand in hand. You've got to be willing to go, okay, I'm done. I want this instead of maybe sitting at the bar all day Saturday, drinking craft beer. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, start drinking some iced teas, start drinking some other things. I mean, it's like everything to me is in moderation. Okay. But if you want to change your body in a certain way, you're going to have to give some things up that might be hard for you, but it'll be worth it once you see it happening on your body. And I think the first month to two months is usually the hardest for people because either they don't see it quick enough, um, you know, it's water weight, the first uh, eight, I always say the first five to eight pounds is always water weight, you know, when you you first start dropping. But if you can stay on the path and get your eating whatever it is, because it sounds a little bit like you know what you're doing and what Mm -hmm. you need to give up, you know, in order to get that six pack back. I mean, if you tried keto and the weight dropped, then quick, like a quick, easy fix would be, because you're not a heavy guy, Rudy. I'm a, I'm no. sitting here looking at you. You're not a heavy guy. What, maybe you want to drop 10, 15 pounds, maybe?
0: Well, you know, right now I'm at 187, but I've also got more muscle on than I've had in probably yeah. 15 years. Which, I've actually put on quite a bit of muscle. Which is perfect so,
2: because muscle feeds off of the fat.
0: Yeah, and so here's my other question. Will I, if I continue fasting at the, the Times that I am. So about 14 to 16 hours, sometimes, mm-hmm. anywhere in there. Will that bring my muscle weight down? And then also, what is a good portion size?
2: Uh, I can't even answer that with you, though, because okay. every portion size depends on the person, their metabolism, how much they're eating in that day. Gotcha. Like, how many calories okay. are you taking in that day? Mm-hmm. Um, what time do you wake up in the morning? Do you start your meal? You know, yeah. I mean, if you're waking yeah. up at five in the morning and your first meal is at six o'clock, you know, then we have to, and then you're, you're stopping around two, three in the afternoon. Um, I mean, fasting is great for you because it does, it resets your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certain people will last 24 hours, 48 hours. I mean, they'll do those kind of fast. I personally cannot. Yeah. So it's hard for me. But at the same time, if you're just willing to, and you just want to lose some of that body fat, I think a quick little, maybe two month keto type of situation for you, or or it's the drinking. If you can kind of slow down on that, I bet you mm-hmm. right off the bat, you're going to drop some weight right away because it yeah. doesn't matter if you're drinking vodka, sodas, vodka tonics, straight vodka, it's pure sugar. It's pure sugar going in your body, no matter what alcohol you put in, it is sugar, no matter how you slice or dice it. And so if, let's put it this way, I'm not saying to stop drinking, because you're on the road, you're with comedians, that's just the way it is. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: maybe kind of if you can... You know, have a drink, one drink, and then your second drink, have it just be something else like plain soda and water, and then the next drink, have another vodka. I don't know how you wanna do this. Yeah. But my point is, is if you can start maybe cutting the drinking in half, right away you're gonna start seeing results. I can mm-hmm. guarantee that because of the fact that you're working out, you're doing your hit, you're doing your, um, your weight training, you're not a heavy guy, and your body's gonna respond really quickly to that. Um, sure. You know, so, but what I did hear is you stopped your carbs around two, three in the afternoon is what I heard. Are you mm-hmm. eating a salad or something like that? Or are you strictly stopping food at two, three in the afternoon?
0: No. So that's actually my first meal is like two, three in the afternoon. That's your first meal. First meal. I'm yep.
2: sorry. I miss, I miss, I misheard you. I thought you yep. were, that was when you stopped eating was two, three in the afternoon. So yeah. when do you stop eating at nighttime? Yeah.
0: Yeah, typically like 7 o'clock would be the last, typically about there, somewhere okay. in there, S- 7. Yeah, because I try That's to fine. like have something to eat with my daughter before yeah. I go out to go, to go to the club. So it's, you know, typically I got to be to a club by 7.30, 8 o'clock. So we're usually eating by six thirty, seven. Are you eating bar food door.
2: though when you're at the clubs? Never, no, okay. no, no, no. Unless if,
0: if I'm at a club for the weekend mm-hmm. and it is, and then somebody's like, because we were at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, which is basically like a five-star restaurant that does comedy, That's I was like, I'm, dude, I'm not passing up this. Like I'm, oh yeah. No, we're we're plowing through some Philly cheesesteaks oh, yeah, this totally. weekend, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but for the most part, like when I'm on the road, especially if I am staying somewhere, uh, if I'm at like a Best Western that has breakfast, I'll go down there early, grab a couple okay. of hard-boiled eggs, throw them in a bag, and just wait until yep. that afternoon to eat. Is it better to fast from like seven at night until two in the afternoon, or is it better to fast from two in the afternoon until six in the morning?
2: I don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's a real solid answer, the, the jury's out on that a little bit, but my first instinct is from, I would say honestly, the nighttime going all the way up until two in the afternoon.
0: Gotcha, okay, that's from, what I thought too. Because you stop eating
2: around seven, and then you're still awake, your body's still burning, you're still burning, And then basically, you're burning calories even when you're sleeping, you know? Mm -hmm. And then in the morning, you're getting up. Are you drinking coffee? You're drinking something in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I I drink copious amounts of coffee.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, slow down on that just a tad. (laughs) But what are you putting in your coffee? I had to drink a black. Wow. You're a trooper. Damn. Yeah. I can't do yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I,
0: yeah, I, I can't do sweeteners. I can't do sugar. Good I can't do half and half. I just, if anything, like if I'm, if I'm on the road and I want a little treat, I'll put yeah. heavy cream. Okay. In so, my no, Starbucks. you're
2: fasting. It sounds perfect. If you're stopping at seven in the evening and you're not eating until two in the afternoon, that's perfect. Like I said, the best thing that I would say is if you drop that weight quickly when you went on keto, start the keto back up again. Gotcha. Okay. Right on. All right. Start the keto again. Because, Sweet. I mean, and again, it sounds like you know how to eat. You just need to kind of get that jump
0: start, and once you yeah. have that jump start, also, I think I need my girlfriend to break up with me for like <laughs> six months, so that I can, <laughs> I can try to, you know, as my as my grandfather say, like, I'm looking for trim, yeah, and I would definitely drop some weight, but it, she's Don't just be blaming
2: she, all your weight on I, your girlfriend. I, I, I know <laughs>
0: the the problem is she's hot and doesn't care that I'm pudgy. And oh I'm no, like, hold on! By the yeah. way, she cares.
2: Does she? You want me to tell you the honest truth? Okay. She no. cares. She cares. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, listen, she cares. But because okay. she loves you so much, I used to get so pissed off at my girlfriend when she used to go, oh, babe, man, I love you no matter how you look. I'm like, really? Really? Would you? Would you? Really? Uh-huh. Because yeah. we, I always joke that we have the 10-pound weight limit to where it's like, okay, you got me. you got with me when I looked a certain way. Now, if I gain 20, 25 pounds, are you still going to be attracted to me? Oh, babe, I love you no matter what. Really? Is that why you're looking at this hot chick down the road? Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, let's be real.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great, sweetheart, because I was thinking about installing some overhead LED lights. And then we'll really see. Yeah how so, much you are attracted to me. And, and yeah. I
2: and I could be way off base and I'm sure that I'm going to get some listeners going, oh, no, no, I love it when my guy's chunky or I love it when my girl's chunky. But the fact of the matter is, is they care, but they just yeah. love you a lot. They sure. just love yeah, yeah, you yeah. so much. They're not going to hurt your feelings. But does she want to see you lose 10, 15 pounds? Oh, hell yeah. Probably. Every yeah. Every girl wants an in-shape dude in case, unless, unless... They really, really, really don't give a shit and they don't work out and their body's kind of like, eh, no big deal because it makes them feel better if you're not in that good of shape and they're not in that good of shape, then Um, see what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I'm not saying they're miserable, but it's like the misery loves company thing, but mainly the women who don't work out and they could give a shit if their guy works out or not.
0: Yeah, no, unfortunately, my my girlfriend runs like nine miles a day and she's the size of Tinkerbell, yeah. Then she cares. All right, good. Good She cares. I'll be that friend. I'm going to be that friend gonna Yeah, I'm totally on. I'm going (laughs) to totally ream that lying bitch right now. I'm telling you right now. I'll
2: be like, Lori said you care that I'm a fat ass. (laughs) because you're not you're not fat that's what i'm trying to tell you you may feel pudgy but you're not fat i mean yeah yeah,
0: it is a little body dysmorphia i definitely i think
2: we all have that are you kidding i gained 10 pounds and i feel good and my arms are getting jacked again and everything's great but then all of a sudden i'm like oh i miss my six-pack i miss that little tiny waist you know and and i had somebody mentioned on my one of my tiktoks the other day and i almost fell over they went I don't know. I must've showed my stomach and they were like, oh, getting a little chunky there. I'm like, oh, fuck you.
0: (laughs) Whoa. Fuck that guy. Jesus, priming! I didn't know. Wow. All right. I will will definitely uh, look closer at the YouTube comments, son of a bitch.
2: No, that was my TikTok, not my YouTube. Oh, your
0: TikTok. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, you're you're a TikTok. You're on your own, but YouTube, I got you. Dude, I know. You You
2: got me. You got me on that one. Rudy, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I so appreciate it. You taking time out of your schedule, I, I get to speak with you all the time because of the fact now you're my editor on my, <laughs> on my podcast. Love I love that. Yeah. And I am so happy I met you. I mean, we've had a lot of fun so far, and I think we're going to have a great road ahead of us. Absolutely. And I so I appreciate am. you. Tell people where they can find you and what's coming up next.
0: Yeah, so Instagram, Rudy underscore Povich.com, Rudy Povich Comedy. Bunch of shows coming up. Um, This will already have happened, but I'm opening for Jonathan Kite this uh, weekend in Boston at Beverly, Massachusetts at Alf Cabot. John uh, played Olag in Two Broke Girls on CBS. Good friend of mine. I'll be on the road with him. And then Adam Carolla shows, uh, I'll be with him in April 17th, excuse me, April 19th and the 20th at the Den Theater in Chicago. And then I'm opening for Comedian Tricks at the comedy no excuse me Denver Comedy Works that's going to be i think it's the 16th 17th 18th and 19th of March so my website's got all the dates com. but yeah i'm basically booked every weekend from now until i believe almost the halfway through June so awesome. it's a good problem to
2: have. Yeah, it it's a good, is problem, a to good have. problem to have. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. And to my listeners, because this came from Rudy, this needs to be at the top of the show. And that is if you enjoy my podcast, please go and subscribe and like. I so appreciate it. And you know what else we're doing, Rudy, by the way, is all the people who join my uh, my Patreon, as a matter of fact. I'm gonna start actually taking, uh, I'm gonna do a nice little draw probably once a week and I'm gonna take them and I'm gonna actually do a nice little rapid fire question with them. So that's gonna get my audience a little bit more involved. So that'll Absolutely. be nice as well. So that's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. So please like and subscribe and Rudy, thank you so much for being on Chilling With Ice and this is where legends live on. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' With Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' With Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at laurie.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chillin' with you next time here on Chillin' With Ice.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.